Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now welcome to super movie brothers let's start the show Super Movie Brothers. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. And this is episode 218. Me and Jay got a couple of movies that we're going to be talking about up front here in What Are You Watching? And we got all new news stories to go through with you, including a little bit of a discussion about the future of Star Wars and some of the rumors that are going around out there right yeah. now. And then we're going to uh, follow up the show, end it with our review of the new JGL. He's one of me and Jay's favorite little boy toys. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's His return to film. He hasn't actually been uh, in a film as... Four years, I yeah, believe? Uh, since 2016. 16, yeah. Now, he yeah. he had some, some roles, like some minor voice work and stuff like that here and there, but he took time off to raise his kids. But he's back, baby, and he's back on an Amazon Prime original movie called 7500. Uh, he plays a pilot. So me and Jay each watched that, and we decided that that will be our main review for this week. So, Jay, without any further ado, what are you watching? What are you watching? What are we watching? He's trying to watch some illegal channel. Oh, he's watching. No, 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 go past this. Past this part. In fact, never play this again. Well, Dave, I actually teased on the socials that I caught up with a couple different little films. Uh, Come to Daddy was one. Have you heard of this movie? No. <laughs> I, I feel Come like, but Daddy. I feel like this is like your, like when you finally get her back to her place. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and like she, she kind of gives you like, do you want to come up for, for I, coffee? Maybe you know, yeah. and then you're like, yeah, yeah, and then you know, you take one sip of the coffee and you go, come to daddy. <laughs> She's this, like, get out, <laughs> just get out. No, 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 no. Yeah, I, I got a couple more years in me before I can start swinging around that phrase. You know, that's not going to happen anytime soon. You got to get a couple more bills in the wallet, buddy. Yeah, I got to upgrade <laughs> a few things a in my life in order to to say come to daddy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so 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 what's come to Daddy? It's not a sequel to Daddy's Home no. at all, I, I suppose. No, it's a small little quirky, like indie horror film of sorts. Um, Elijah Wood gets a, you know, a letter in the mail from his estranged father. hasn't been in his life since he was five years old. Uh, to come meet him at his, you know, I think it's his like 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 a like an oceanside or lakeside type of house. Um, he pops up and weird things just start to happen. You know, he and his father just don't quite click. Things are getting a little suspicious and it unravels into this very pulpy kind of dark, 
don't want to say gothic, but like kind of brutal film that just kind of raises the bar and 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 has a lot of interesting bloody kills that happen because other players come into the thing i can't i can't really say too much more because i really just start spoiling the whole story of the film um, okay but it's a cool little weird film it's definitely a nice short and sweet worthwhile uh it's on amazon prime right now especially if you're into that kind of weird horror dramas sm- small little indie things this is 100 percent worth the watch uh, I think Dave might actually enjoy this. I have seen like the advertisement for this. Yeah. Or I've seen it on some streaming service and stuff. And there's uh, a couple twists. Like, there's a couple big even twists. the cover, like the 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 art that for it reminded yeah. me of I'm not at, I'm not at home in this world anymore, uh-huh. which is a movie I talked about a couple weeks back. So I, I kind of yeah, that kind of seems to be like Elijah Wood's niche he's, nowadays, and it works. He's, it works he's well kind for him. of. He was like the first Daniel Radcliffe, you know, like right off the heels of a, this big trilogy, whatever. Uh, he just went completely the opposite and just did a whole bunch of different little indie movies. Um, I guess like Robert Pattinson too, to be honest. But you know, they they've gone a little bit more on the obscure. You know, Daniel Radcliffe still does a lot of obscure stuff. Elijah Wood still does that as well. You know, it's just cool. It's cool seeing them try and do something different, stretch their wings a little bit. And it's it's a it's a fun little watch. It was fair enough. Yeah. So you're recommending people check it out. Where can they stream it at? Amazon Prime. All right. Perfect. So uh, I got around to what this actually I watched this a couple weeks ago, um, but I didn't get a chance to talk about it last week because we are our what are you watching kind of ran a little long. So uh, I did watch Undertaker The Last Ride. So uh, this is a seven part docuseries, which documents kind of like the final years of the career of The Undertaker. You know, I believe it spans from like 2017 to uh, this most recent WrestleMania match that he had. And it really dives... Now, I mean, I'll I'll say this first. It is very self-serving to WWE and The Undertaker himself. So you're not getting a real inside scoop on on Mark Calloway and who he is as a person. You know, you're just learning about how Mark Calloway treats The Undertaker and what The Undertaker's role has been in professional wrestling since like 1989 so that's it, it but it is very self-serving and it does paint a a glorious picture and he is one of the most fantastic wrestlers of all time a living legend that was still wrestling today so um it's you know it, it, like i put him up there above like your hulkster like above your macho man randy savage the guys we grew up with he's mm. he's above them for me um he, he truly is a legend but this just chronicles uh his final matches the kind of like the the pain he's been going through shoulder surgeries back surgeries knee surgeries hip surgeries like all this stuff just he's basically being held together by hopes prayers bubble gum and duct tape Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but you know it goes through like why he doesn't retire you know he wants to leave on a high note he he has he's he's a completely aware of the legend that he is and it's not a point where I'm saying like he's egotistical about it, but he is aware of the legend that he is and the reverence that people have for him. And he doesn't want 
the last memory of The Undertaker to be a botched match mm. where, you know, Goldberg busted his head open, got concussed, so they couldn't they couldn't really do the moves they wanted to do. Roman Reigns couldn't couldn't get him up because he couldn't jump up for him because his hip was hurting. Uh, you know, uh Triple H tears his his pectoral muscle and can't continue the match. So a freshly out of retirement Shawn Michaels has to carry the whole match and it's just off. Like these are the matches he was having, but they weren't the matches that he wanted he wanted another match that rivals some of his greatest wrestlemania matches so that he could go out on a high note and it's chronicalizing that and it's it's really good i did uh i did post that i was watching this over on social media so over on my instagram i posted i was watching this and justin from epic film guy said it's just fantastic and it and, and justin's right it is fantastic it, it if you're a wrestling fan you're a fan of the undertaker there's no greater uh moment i think for like a wrestling fan and I, i've had this moment where i was in an arena and the lights go out, and you just hear. It is electrifying, like when that happens. He's that iconic that, you know, I kind of felt like one of those girls that faints when the Beatles were singing. <laughs> so uh, if you're a fan of, of The Undertaker or you're a fan of, of wrestling and stuff, it's a must watch. It's it's uh, on the WWE Network. I'm not sure if it's available with the new free version of the WWE Network that they have, but I'm sure that it eventually will be on their free version. And um, you know, the big question is, will he, won't he? Will he retire? And if you follow the news, you know the outcome. But if you don't, yeah, maybe maybe watch it and you might get a little bit of a surprise at the end. So, all right, Jay, what else are you getting down to watching this week? Uh, well, on the fun side, I revisited the indie trilogy, Indiana Jones, on Netflix. So it was kind of fun to kind of go one, two, and three and really just see what stands up and what my favorite order is i'm actually kind of maybe even leaning towards i'm really it's 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 i think it's obviously you know it's either between one and three is people's well you favorites. texted me you texted me I and did. you're like i did what are your thoughts on temple of doom i just didn't remember it being so bad it. like i i really did not like it <laughs> oh i it, love it oh, absolutely oh, love it, it. It, the, yeah the second movie for me uh you know Temple Doom just it just it does not hold up for me it's at all. It's fine. There's I told you there's a ton of people that feel that way about Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. But I grew up loving Short Round. All right, I love <laughs> Short Round. <laughs> wow! Holy smoke! Class landing. Short Round. Step on it. Okie dokie, Doctor Jones. Hold on to your potato. <laughs> he was so good. There there were some good parts. I know. I know. Uh, but it's you know it was fun. I I'm actually kind of leaning to. I love seeing Sean Connery. I thought it was a great mix, and I think there was a lot of good stuff that, that helped freshen up um, coming off the heels of two um, to kind of I guess for me find its footing. I, I think again. that one. Well, I love Raiders, and I think Raiders is an absolutely perfect action film. Um, sure, and it gave us a perfect action I think star. The third might be a little bit more rewatchable. Right. That's what There's it is for me. There's a lot more going on in it. I, think. I like, 
I like the third one the best. I like Crusade the best because I love that back and forth between oh, yeah. between Henry Jones Sr. and and you know Indiana Jones. Junior. I love that back and forth. Yeah, the the junior, but like it's like the little moments, like when he busts through the window and he hits him over the head with the vase, <laughs> and he's like breaks your heart and the head. (laughs) I just love like this whole like back and forth that they're giving each other there. And it's great. And I love that scene where they're on the Zeppelin too, where he's like, you know, I, did I ever tell you to do your homework, eat up, wash your hands? No. I, you know, I, I taught you (laughs) self-reliance, which which is a nice way of saying I was a neglectful father. (laughs) 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 It's more poetic way of saying it. Yeah. But yeah, I, I love all that stuff. You know, uh, it's, it's, those those moments uh, are are what stick with me as far as like rewatchability goes, or it's like I want to see that moment, I want to hear that line. But as far as like film goes, action wise, it, it's Raiders. I mean, that's just the better of the three films. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm obviously understand everybody's uh, viewpoints, and I think I you know it, kudos to them. I mean, whatever people's you know viewpoint viewpoints are, that's great. Uh, just don't mention. Just don't. Boats, just, don't you know? just don't mention. You know the film that we don't mention. Um, number four. <laughs> Why didn't you make him go to school, Marion? <laughs> so, uh, Dave, what else have you seen this past week? All right. Well, my retrospective watch uh, over the past week, I went back another Steven Spielberg film, and I watched Hook. You can fly. Yes, I am due for that one as well. So between ET and now Hook, I got I got to rewatch all these old Spielberg classics now. Now, now you're going to have to forgive me for everybody who reached out to me on Twitter because I did post this, and let me tell you, Hook garnered a response. Oh, <laughs> I'm just going to tell you that it it garnered a response. So first off, uh, Drew over the Real Real Feels podcast said, "Great movie, definitely one of my top three Dustin Hoffman roles," and I, I think that's a hundred percent true. Mm-hmm. I love Dustin Hoffman in this role, but who I like better is uh, Bob Hoskins Schmee. I oh. fucking love Bob Hoskins as Shmi, and he's so like, good. He, he, he's bleating Peter Pan or I'm a dead dog's dinghy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th- I just, like, I think, especially for our generation, like this movie is gonna hold up. I think better oh, for yeah. the parents. Well, maybe not better for the parents, but I think the kids will really actually like it as well. I think this is a weird movie that will hold up the test of time. You know, for kids like your daughter's generation. You know, did she watch it? Or was it just you? She did. Uh, I didn't get into it, but we actually watched um, the 1960s animated one. Um, mm-hmm. the, oh yeah, the, of course. Uh, Peter Pan. Sure. Then we watched Return to Neverland, which or which was um, I think made in like 2002 or something like that. It was a sequel. It wasn't as good, but she was jazzed up on it and she wanted to watch more. So I was like, all right, well then you got to watch Hook. And um, it was a little slow for her to begin, but I think uh, because once- it starts in like the adult world. Right, but you know? once Peter starts imagining and the food fight happens, sure, um, sure, sure. She, she, she brightened up, yeah. and she was. Well, she that's was when in it really it. opens up, and it's just a absolutely just unbelievable. It's magic. It's magic. 
Yeah. Wes from Via VHS said, underrated. The set pieces alone in this movie deserve more justice. And I think that's true. I love like the matte paintings and like the faraway shots. Like when he's flying over Neverland, if you look, you can see a map compass like in the water. <laughs> like, so it's it's full on like a, a, a painted picture. Like, and, and, and that's something that like as a kid imagines like maybe a painting they see on the wall or like a map or something. Like that's Neverland. They would also imagine the, the compass in there as well so i I like that little detail uh the crossover podcast said uh this film did it without any of the racist native american stuff (laughs) that was in the other peter pan stories i was like that was true because the uh the the disney animated peter pan i mean they they have a song all about the red man uh (laughs) and my daughter had a ton of questions and i was like none None of this is PC. You're never. We're never gonna listen to this song in the car for you to sing. What? No. Yeah, smart move. Don't do that. Podcast headquarters uh, on Twitter said one of my favorites. Dabbling Dads said our combined favorite movie. So both dads over on the Dabbling Dads podcast, it's their favorite movie. On Second Watch said it's one of their favorites. Vintage Video Podcast said that I should go watch The Island now. <laughs> I was like, oh, really? Is that like some other Peter Pan tie-in? I look. It's a rated R movie with uh, Michael Caine. So... No, not with my daughter. I don't think so. Sorry. (laughs) What were they thinking? Said someone gave it to us for listeners choice month last year and they were doing it in a to try to torture us. Jokes on them. It's got flaws, but it's pretty darn enjoyable. Strong Style Ninja said it's ahead of its time. Publicly Andreas Bartleby (laughs) said still a fun, heartwarming film and the random Phil Collins cameo always makes me laugh. Man About Life podcast. I love this movie. A great twist on the tale. Qui-Gon Glenn said, what a movie. And here I am, meeting with Rufio in person. So he actually met Dante Basco, who, nice. who played Rufio, in person at a con. And, you know, of course, I know him as Rufio, but who I really remember him as more fondly is he was the voice of Zuko in Avatar The Last Airbender cartoon. So uh, that's that's what I remember, remember him fondly from. Cutting the Sacred Cow said, saw this in theater as a preteen, hated it, watched it a few months ago. It's other dog shit. Even Spielberg is ashamed of it. And that's true. Uh, Steven Spielberg is not a fan of of this of this movie uh he was he did it's just not one of his favorites Uh, he thinks it's pretty poorly done and even when you watch it it doesn't feel like a spielberg movie i mean Mm -hmm. it it just it's it's missing some aspect of it it kind of looks like it was directed like in the simpsons episode where mr burns is trying to hire (laughs) is trying to hire steven spielberg to make his short film they can't get him get me steven spielberg he's unavailable then get me his non-union mexican equivalent 
Listen, Senior Spielbergo, I want you to do for me what Spielberg did for Oscar Schindler. Uh, Schindler es bueno. Senor Burns es el diablo. Spielbergo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm actually wondering if it just didn't quite pan out the way he wanted it to, or was it just a challenge because there, perhaps there was too many cooks in the kitchen, uh, different kind of you know challenges no in clue. production. I didn't. I didn't look into I, it. Not not even not even a little bit. Yeah. I I enjoy the movie. It is what it is. Maybe if we ever do a movie cocktail for it, I I might yeah. I might go through I and, it, and I, look up I, I that type of stuff. I do believe that this could very well win one day a movie cocktail feature. Yeah, absolutely. You know? All right, Jay. What else did you get down to watching this week? Uh, just really briefly, I caught up with Dead Man, uh, the 1995 Jim Jarmusch film starring Johnny Depp. It's a black and white old little western quirky film. That's funny. See, I watched Undertaker Last Ride, and mm-hmm. he's also known as Dead Man. Yeah, the Dead Man. <laughs> I I've always enjoyed this movie. The Neil Young score. It, it's just a cool little quirky little weird movie. I just you know for some odd reason this time I mean it's a two hour film. You feel the time. It doesn't need to be two hours. And I was feeling the length for some reason this time around. But uh, other than that, it's still Hell, man, I, I, the dead, it's very The enjoyable. Dead Don't Die was like 90 minutes, and I felt the length of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's kind of that same type of pace, <laughs> but two hours. <laughs> but two hours. Um, All right, so yeah. I also got down to watching uh, a, a film I hadn't seen before. I believe it came out in 2018, and it stars uh, Pedro Pasquale, uh-huh. and it's called called prospect and it's about a guy and his daughter they are prospectors and they're going to a planet they got three days to do the surveying and prospecting they're going to do make make a big score get rich get off the planet and get back to their lives i saw this as well dave yeah oh did you and everything kind of goes awry and i I gotta say like one of my favorite things about like these low budget sci-fi is how they they treat it mm-hmm. in such a like this could very easily have been a western made in the 1970s sure or or sure. Or, or made a couple years ago sure. even. but this very well could have been set in the american west but it wasn't it was set in in the far-flung future sci-fi and you know nothing about the planet that you're on you don't even see any wildlife yeah. uh of the planet and stuff around you're not even fully sure what they're looking for you just know that it's valuable yeah and that's all you need it's really the characters that care that carry you through the world is it's believable because the characters are are making you believe it like the actors in this in this movie are making you just believe this surrounding and the characters they're playing and stuff you just go with it and it works it doesn't over explain itself and it's it's rather short it's just over 90 minutes i believe Mm -hmm. i believe it's close to like 100 minutes Mm -hmm. so it doesn't overstay its welcome and it it gives you a satisfying ending, and Pedro Pasquale is just fantastic in it. Yeah, I I, I agree uh, with everything that you said. However, I just didn't like the writing. I, I could I had a difficult time uh, staying interested for some reason. I I, I don't know why. It's slow. <laughs> it I, it's it could slow. have been just you know it was my it was the last thing I saw that night, so I was a little groggy probably and. And, and started flipping through my phone, but it is kind of like a little bit meandering. There, yeah. Well, you could tell how low. I mean, how low budget for this oh, yeah. was, and how creative they got with it. Because you know, a la seven five zero zero that we're going to talk about later on. These are, you know, I think they're first time filmmakers, and and this one is, I believe, as well. And and it's just, it, it just shows what. 
you can, or maybe not, but either way, you can, it just shows the power of filmmaking within a very small budget. And, Would you recommend what, people check it out? Prospect? Yeah. Um, you have to be really into sci-fi. I think I, I think you 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 got to be a fan. I think you have to be into it. And it's and like we're not saying I, it's I as I'm not saying it's as good as like Moon or anything. But sure. it's on Hulu. I think it's worth the watch if you're into kind of like not, you know, not for slow. the general moviegoer, but if you're into it's sci-fi, then yes, yes, I think it's worth a catch. Definitely. But I don't even think the, the sci-fi like Lauren watched it with me and like the no, sci-fi I know, elements I mean, I'm just, aren't so so bad that I hear it's you. I mean, I, I guess I'm just thinking like with. the pacing of it all and and it's interesting the sound design of it all. You know, you could tell there's not a lot of voiceover within um within the helmets you know they're they're speaking like they're mic'd up within the helmet so you right, can have through that. the plastic yeah I love yeah yeah it. i, I like it a lot that. too I, it was it was very creative and the fact that they had um the added in and and uh post that little dust particles over in mm-hmm. in, in, the, in the cinematography aspect of it all that's like actual um filmed basement dust particles <laughs> in the air that they kind of somehow laid over top the just, film yeah just filtered and, and filtered over yeah. it, it, it was you know little stuff like that they got creative with and i i appreciated it i appreciated the film what they tried to do for some run reason maybe i just needed to be a little bit more awake uh to watch it but um i definitely respect the film i do think it's worth uh, a watch well, I'm I'm recommending it. It's yeah. uh, it is available. It's streaming on Hulu. That's where that's where I. And I think that young over. girl, she's going to be a star one day. I think she has some talent. I think so too. I think she has yeah. some talent. Yeah. So Sophie Thatcher uh, is what you said her name mm-hmm. was uh, to me as I as I did a brief cut right there. <laughs> uh, she's I think I think she's she's got a little bit of a future ahead of her. All right, Jay. Um, I did watch another movie. Uh, this one was on Amazon Prime. It's called Cosmos. And while Prospect was science fiction. This is more based on science fact. It follows three men, uh, two astronomers and a engineer, uh, aeronautical engineer, who are kind of like monitoring space in a small car out on top of a mountain ridge, and they pick up a signal. And it gets weirder and weirder as the film goes along. And I won't spoil the ending as to what this signal is or what it means or anything like that. This was slow. This was methodical. And I'll say it has a nice payoff, but it's only interesting if you are in to aerospace engineering or you are into uh, the cosmos. You're into space. You're into the idea of like black holes and and the mysteries of space because these guys are just spouting out facts about space left and right. Like I felt like possibly a guy from NASA had to have written this movie hmm. or or someone that works in that industry. And even at the end, it it like it thanks it thanks dad and stuff like that because apparently like the the filmmaker's parent was involved in this type of stuff which is what gave the filmmaker love for it and wanted to make this movie and stuff i i do like the characters i like the the inter uh the interpersonal relationships that they have and develop throughout the film but it's it's very strange because it fills you with this feeling of dread at times like at any moment something might happen to them and it builds you with that tense with with, with that tension but then by the end it it, it kind of lets that all go when you figure out what really is going on and it does get super tense again but not in that scary way just more of like in that race against the clock type way um it's it's interesting but i i, I warn you that like it 
it's 90 minutes of just dull boredom until the last 10 minutes <laughs> mm. so um uh, it's not really a recommend unless you're into that type of stuff if you're in if you're into space you're into that stuff then you're then you're gonna want to check it out but all right Jay, did you want to get down to watching anything else yeah, this I, week just just finally um i caught up with dr sleep again it dropped on hbo this past weekend i believe and i i just still love that movie <laughs> <laughs> I I think I gave it an A last year. I I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, I know your sister Kim recently caught up with uh, her husband, I think, and kids, and and I don't know exactly what she meant on her post, whether or not she liked it or not. I think they were kind of in the middle of watching it when she posted something, and and it just seemed like I guess she was thrown for a loop a little bit from time to time here and there. Uh, I don't know if she was a big fan of the book or or what have you, but. Anyway, um, I'll have to catch up with her next time I see her, but it's it's just great. I think it's a solid performances all around, and I think the story was well-paced, told out, patient, but still engaging throughout, and Rebecca Ferguson, again, was fantastic, and I, I uh, and Ewan was strong. I mean, it, it was a satisfying sequel that I think everybody was very scared <laughs> That they were making this and were, you know, afraid it was going to tarnish the legacy of The Shining. But I think, if anything, it's going to bring new fans into The Shining movie, you know, and become yeah, new fans. Right. It, I really do. It, it it definitely didn't hurt it. Um, right. it, it, it only it, it could only it can only help it uh, from there yeah. for both Stephen King's books. And I'm sure there's plenty of people who didn't read Doctor Sleep. Uh, it was very popular, but probably not as popular as like The Shining is. So uh, I think it probably brought some book sales his way, and it definitely definitely reinvigorated interest in in the Stephen King universe and stuff like that. And obviously, you know, we have it to thank for, for that uh, resurgence as well. All right, Jay, I did watch one other thing, but I'm actually going to save it because it's going to come up in our news as well. I did rewatch the entire star Wars prequel trilogy beginning to end, you know, seven and a half hours. I sat down, I watched the force awakens, the last Jedi and rise of Skywalker. And my opinions, they don't change. Everything stays the same. Uh, but we will get into how other people are now starting to feel now that the dust is settling, whether whether it's it's getting better for Disney and Star Wars or whether it's getting worse, whether the fans are becoming more venomous. And we're going to get in that into our news. Yeah. All right, Jay. So let's head over there and let's get in to news. the news jay let's get into our first news story all right jay a couple weeks ago uh we did the story that there was confirmation from bruce campbell that there was going to be an evil dead four well now good old bruce has given us the name of that movie Ooh. and it's not evil dead four it's called evil dead rise not bad which it's, it's a little confusing for me as a gamer because there's already a video game series called Dead Rise, but Evil Dead Rise, sure, sure, why not? It's fine. It works. Or is it like Evil Dead colon Rise? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But Evil Dead Rise, it's whatever. It's, it's just a name. It's just a name. It's, as as long it's as you don't probably three, going to be colon Rise. Col yeah, as long as it's not, you know, like Evil Dead 
for D. <laughs> you know, like, that's when I go, uh-oh. <laughs> We're in trouble. <laughs> I still find it hard to believe that UHD Bruce Campbell- UHD 4K. <laughs> yeah. I still find it hard to believe that uh, at least Bruce Campbell won't have a cameo. He's going to at least have a cameo. Something. Something in or there. Or some type of a uh, nod. Yeah. Some, something. I, I, it's just hard to believe. If I can't get Groovy Bruce in, in an Evil Dead movie- you know, at least for a cameo. I mean, even the remake put him in as a cameo, and they waited till after the credits, but we still got a groovy. So, next news story. All right, Jay, you ready to get the shell out of here? Huh? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're about to get shell-shocked with this next news. Drop it. <laughs> Seth Rogen is set to produce a computer-generated animated movie reboot of... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Major League butt kicking is back in town. Oh, yeah. The property is owned by Nickelodeon, <laughs> and Nickelodeon had just just announced this on Tuesday, June 30th, that this film was greenlit and is in production with Seth Rogen to produce. Uh, Seth Rogen, man, he's a great he's a great producer. He's got he's got uh, a good I know. eye for content uh, it, and what to produce and what to like. Preacher is a is a big hit show that was on AMC for a while. Yes, um, and I did not like loved it. it. I didn't like it. I liked it. I wasn't crazy about it. I didn't like the first season as much. I liked uh, I liked the second season a whole lot more. But anyway, are you like I I I can't. I, this is not for me. Put it that you're way. You're far removed However, from from the years of loving Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But this is true. The animated film TMNT, uh, the one that kind of serves as like a fourth film in the series, soft reboot for it, which really didn't go anywhere. Um, that actually wasn't half bad. Like I I enjoyed it. It wasn't the same as like the you know the Jim Henson Creature Shop ones of of, of the 1990s. Um, one and two, three is awful. I can't I can't even watch three. Now, I think I either either I was aging out if, or. or but Whatever, if they but. go into like something really creative, like Spider-Man Enter the Spider-Verse type type style, that's what I was gonna. Uh, so that so would be I was, interesting. I was gonna bring that okay. up. So if because, you're gonna be adventurous and, and artistic about it and try and reinvent the wheel a little bit. So do you think that Seth Rogen would be involved with this if he if it wasn't gonna be somewhat creative from a standpoint? Because he's not exactly the type of guy who just at least he doesn't come off this way as the type of guy who just stamps his name on things and just says, you know what? Yeah, there it is. Let's let the money start rolling in. You know, I he really does take a creative role in these projects I, when he's the producer. I agree. I think it. he's I think he's a mixture of pragmatic, but also very. Um, you know, he wants to try and do something a little bit off center. You know, and a little bit original. So for this, for him being able to snatch this kind of rights to to do something different, I think with following on the heels of the success of Spider Verse. You got to go something bold, you know, especially with a beloved franchise like this. I think, I mean, at this point, fuck it. Why not? I mean, Jake, you can't you can't recreate the 90s versions that I liked, you know, I, I fully expect them to have some level of some level of what, what you're talking about, like like we did with like Into the Spider-Verse, something bold, something different, because we, we've gotten comic booked now where the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have teamed up with Batman. You know, they've they've teamed up with with um, Judge Dredd, I believe, at one point, like they've teamed up with other people and they've had like these kind of wacky outlandish crossovers, even over on the cartoon side i believe like it was the 2013 or 2014 teen mutant teenage mutant ninja turtles cartoon that was on nickelodeon had a crossover 
with the 90s TMNT cartoon that you and I grew up with. And that was a lot of fun because it had two shredders and it had, you know, two sets of turtles. And then it brought in all the turtles and other material as well, including like the black and white comic book versions of them that were not the outlandish cartoons that we got growing up as kids. They were more, they were more um, gritty. And I don't want to say realistic, but they were definitely like a grittier, more satirical take on it um, than, than what we got in the cartoons. So, I fully expect that that's the type of stuff that Seth Rogen would lean hard into for this reboot. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. Next news story. All right, Jay. AMC, man. Just can't just can't seem to pick a date and stick on it. I don't blame them for this. I actually agree with this decision. I think that they're going to move the goalpost again with uh, COVID numbers spiking. Of course, we're not going to be testing anymore, so I'm not sure how we'll know numbers are spiking. I guess we'll have to watch the death rate now instead of uh, actually testing people. But anyway, AMC Theaters has moved their opening date from July 15th back two weeks and now it won't be opening until july 30th the theater chain as a result of this i'm sure that this is tied in with the others that mulan's been pushed back two weeks tenant has been pushed back two weeks and bill and ted face the music has also been pushed back as a result of tenant's release as well so it seems like everything's just kind of yeah pushed august back. is like kickoff month essentially yeah and what I just uh, what I just learned today, uh, watching the news, is like you know around us, Jersey beaches have opened up, um, and July Fourth weekend, uh, Governor of New Jersey was set to reopen everything, especially in beach towns, for indoor dining and just just really packing it in because most of the Jersey Shore relies on those summer dollars, you know, just like Amity in Jaws. <laughs> I'm only trying to say that Amity is a summer town. We need summer dollars. Uh, I think that I am familiar with the fact that you are going to ignore this particular problem until it swims up and bites you on the ass. <laughs> but now they have said because numbers are spiking, because uh, the virus is spreading so rampantly because of people being on the beaches and on the boardwalks that, the, that they are going to reclose everything. It will not be open on July 4th weekend. Yeah, I, you know, people are going to have to kind of do it like in-house type stuff, you know, parties, no, you know, just, just stay home. To, yeah, just well, stay you, home. You can go down to the beach and go to your, your nope. house, but you're just going to stay in the house. You're just going to have to cook there and barbecue there. Like the virus is spreading from people being on the beach in close proximity to each other. So you going to the beach just means you're going from one house to another house and that's pointless. <laughs> Just stay in. Stay in. You don't need friends. I, I grew up without having a lot of friends. <laughs> I turned out fine. You don't need friends for sanity. You got, I, Look, I got toys surrounding me. Those are my friends. <laughs> Next news story. Speaking of reopening stuff, Marvel has resumed production, and the first film that they are getting back to filming is Shang-Chi. The Legend of Ten Rings, which I'm actually still really excited for this film. So I'm kind of happy that it's back in production, but I'm also a little like, do we need it that soon hmm. that we need to like put people's health at risk? Uh, you know, it's not being filmed in the States. It has, it's being filmed at Fox Studios in Australia. So I'm not sure what Australia's situation is as far as the pandemic goes. We'll have to rely on duty to give us some feedback on that. But uh, I guess it's good to see things back in production. But at the same time, I'm of the mindset that we we don't need this right now. We need well every we need every every place you know every area every country every place is different right now with the numbers. 
Um, obviously, I think the U.S. is probably the worst in the world right now, but uh, to some degree. Um, but again, within our own country. At least we're the best at something again for once, right? Oh, man. <laughs> I really just can't. I really just. Yeah, you, you just have to laugh about it. I guess you really do. I mean, it's just that mind-boggling. This. I, I sent you that fucking that that great great meme that I saw. Yeah, I had on seen Facebook, that before, and that was oh my. It's Michael Pena's character from Ant Man, <laughs> uh, going through everything that's happened in 2020 Recap, with Scott. Like after, the whole, and oh my god, it's. Gort, it was it was a meme that's about like twelve pages long. Oh, it's so and good. My, my favorite part is when he's like, "Wow, that sounds like a pretty crazy year." And he's like, "Oh no, dude, I'm only in January." <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it has been a fucked up year, man. Next news story. All right, this one this one tickles my nethers just a little bit. Sam Neill has confirmed in an interview that his character of Alan Grant as well as Laura Dern and Jeff Goldblum will not just be cameos in Jurassic World Dominion. They are actually going to be characters that exist throughout the film. So it's not just a brief cameo this time. Like we all were kind of like lamenting Hmm. when we got it with uh, Jeff Goldblum in the second one. They're actually going to be, I don't know if they're a part of the action per se, but they, they will be definitely more supporting roles and than just cameos malcolm was right look i found a way so that gets me a little bit excited for the film i also wonder if like they feel like they need it after jurassic world fallen kingdom i wonder if they feel like they need this to reinvigorate because it just feels like a cop-out though in a lot of ways it, it does doesn't it because like i mean we've talked about it with force awakens everyone's mentioned it that's a clone of a new hope and jurassic world is very much a pandering love letter of nostalgia uh where it's got a lot of the same story beats as the original jurassic park but it's new it's shinier and it's being brought to you in in a same familiar location just with a new jacket on pretty much and it it, but it also kind of like panders like it's the old versus the new at the end and the the old has to has to be over out on the new and now we're getting all these characters back and it just makes me feel like they're not confident enough in the past two films you know despite the fact that jurassic world when that hit when that came out was like i think i think it, it launched at the number one film that year and i think it ended that year at like two or three it made billions but they're not confident enough in it so they're bringing back the old characters and i wonder if that's just pandering to the nostalgia of of geekdom like a lot of people would want them to do unfortunately i i I do think that is a A lot of that going around a lot of that going around we'll get into that in our final news story but let's move on to our next news story Dan Aykroyd has stated that the way that Ghostbusters Afterlife leaves it is that it's open for sequels. It just seems a little pricey for a unique fixer-upper opportunity, that's all. Wow, this is great! When can we move in? Obviously, no sequels are greenlit as until this movie launches, which I'm sure the delays, uh, this has been delayed almost a year at this point, but apparently it will be open to sequels. So it's not, it's really non-news because we haven't seen this film to know whether we should be excited for that, whether we want more Ghostbusters, since we don't know what this Ghostbusters is going to be like, but I'm, I'm at least somewhat excited that I can get more uh, Ghostbusters in my life. As long as this one's good. I'm down with that. If this one I agree. is anything like the 2016 one, you can, you can keep it, Dan Aykroyd. It's yours. 
you know what put it in a video game maybe i'll pick it up and play it then just like just like i did with the ghostbusters activision game which served as ghostbusters 3 essentially well let me ask you this now do you think if this movie is successful they're going to continue making more movies it's gonna be a franchise buddy this is successful okay this is a bona fide franchise sony needs those right now yeah that's that's a good point that's a good point i'm on board i'm on board i think i think I think they can do it. I, th- I just, I just really do believe that they can bring that franchise back to cinemas in this day and age. I really do. If you do it in a tasteful type of way, it, the problem is, I think a lot of people just don't want something corny with this kind of franchise because they can so easily go there and it's cheap and it feels cheap and the rewatchability doesn't hold up. The corniness will be there. 100% it's going to be there. Uh, you know, Sony's going to push it in there. I do have faith in Jason Reitman. You know, yeah, I, I like too. the creative Absolutely. minds that are behind it. Uh, you know, but we know that Sony likes to get their filthy little meat mitts all over everything at times. So we'll, we'll see what shakes out in the end. I mean, this was, I believe, my number one most anticipated film of 2021, mm-hmm. of 2020, yep. back when we did that list uh, at the end of 2019. But unfortunately, it won't be out till 2021 now. So we'll just have to wait and see. Next news story. All right, Jay, Margot Robbie. She's kind of a big star these days, you know? She's, uh, seems like, oh, yeah. speaking of filthy meat mitts involved in everything she's got hers and a producer deep inside of hollywood uh, <laughs> she's she's just she, she's got it all it seems like she's a writer now she's a producer she's one of the hottest actresses going and now she has herself a disney contract on top of that she is now set to star in a i'm not sure if it's a reboot of pirates of the caribbean but she is set to star um, in a pirates of the caribbean film that's the weird thing about this story because apparently there is still an active other script right now i've heard that there is still a pirates of the caribbean 6 that would still involve captain jack sparrow on top of this also other pirates of the caribbean that will have margot robbie but we talked about this before which they do say is still in the captain jack world like it's still in the pirates of the caribbean world so it's very possible that these are two of the same films we're just getting two separate news stories about them that there's still an active pirates film in development uh with jack sparrow and that margot robbie is starring in a pirate they could be the same film whereas they're phasing captain jack out and the torch is being passed to margot robbie yeah i think either way they are going to be downsizing captain jack's role with whatever film that they come out with i think um i think he serves more in a smaller supporting slash cameo type of role Um, i'm gonna be honest i'm excited about it because i think margot robbie can do anything i agree like i, she I, I think she's i mean look at her filmography her filmography she's is doing it all. impressive really impressive um she's doing very it all. diverse and i think so, you know i think it would be exciting to see somebody like her chew this type of world up and you know it's exciting i mean i you know i i like i'm a sucker for the pirates films i mean obviously some of them are better than others and some of them are kind of crappy but it's still fun. Oh, like three, it's still, four, and it's, five. It's still, it still can be fun. They're still fun. You know, I really one and two. I really, I really liked one and two. You know, and and three. It really starts to kind of nosedive, and 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 four is just, it's just too corny. Five is terrible, and then you know, absolutely. I, I don't know what they're gonna do with number six. You know, the working script just never really qu- quite took off, and I think that's probably why. 
they you know they had to do something with pirates it's just too lucrative it's just too it's too lucrative and 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 i think it was smart to have them keep it in the world just in case they want to bring old characters spliced in into the margot robbie universe now not to mention but with the world opening up and with all the money disney's lost on their theme parks being closed for so long mm-hmm. It helps to have a movie in production that ties into one of your rides. Of course, of course, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think like that's that's one of the reasons why like these franchises stick around so long because even if it is a critically not a success, uh, it makes them a little bit of money at the box office. But for Disney, it's it's so much about the back end, the merchandising. Oh, yeah. Like you get Margot Robbie on board, you're now selling merch to little girls and boys all over the world yeah right because she's harley quinn my daughter knows who margot robbie is because she's harley quinn she still wants to watch the birds of prey movie even though she's six and i cannot let her watch that movie (laughs) but she wants to watch it i even thought about like finding a way to like put all margot robbie's scenes together for her and like cut stuff out so that she's not spoiled but but she loves that character so much And, and to her margot robbie is harley quinn Mm -hmm. and she's recognizable to my six-year-old daughter so that's marketing that you usually have to pay billions of dollars for uh and marco robbie's got kids hook line and sinker so you throw her in a disney movie uh, in a pirates movie suddenly you're selling tons of merch it really doesn't matter how well that movie does it doesn't matter how critically acclaimed that movie is disney's gonna be making money off of just her being in one film for years to come yeah not to mention they get to add an animatronic that looks just like her into the ride on two coasts. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and Japan or, or and China Japan. or whatever, uh, exactly. whichever one that is out there. But Oh, there's three over there, my yeah. friend. There is, there's Shanghai Disney, oh, that's there right. yeah, is Shanghai. Hong Kong Disney, and then there is there's Disney in Japan, Tokyo Disney. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's actually, and there's two parks actually in Tokyo. There's wow. Disney Sea, and then there's, there's the Disneyland that's out there too. So... It's it's all over the place. I mean, the the, the money that they make on the I believe back end it. With, I believe with all that stuff, know, with all the, it's worth it. With, with all the Anthony Bourdain shows I've been watching out there, you, you, it's a <laughs> whole other world out there <laughs> in in Japan and Tokyo and everything in Shanghai. Woo! Yeah, they they liked our pop culture. Next news story. All right, speaking of Disney and their parks and their rides and stuff, a lot of you have heard this, but uh, if you're a Disney aficionado, but some of you may may have not have heard this, they are going to change Splash Mountain. It is not going to be Br'er Bear, Br'er Fox, and Br'er Rabbit any longer. Those characters do come from the much maligned Song of the South. Even though that film won an Academy Award, it's subject matter of a recently freed slave, kind of like being happy-go-lucky and singing around in the Deep South. It's just not genuine. It is extremely exploitive, and it, it, really, it really does not stand up to the test of time. It is... Yeah, you know, I, I I hesitate to say the word racist because of wh- of the time that it was made, but at the same time, it is uh, it is a it is somewhat of a racist film. So Disney has already said they're never going to bring Song of the South out of the Disney vault. It's never going to get a release onto Blu-ray or to any type of home medium, and it's never going to be on Disney Plus. It's just not going to happen. So 
here's a ride that's that even at the time when this ride was made in 1989 that was a movie that not many people had seen and they themed this ride around it well now with the current state of of our political ecological system that that we're going through and with disney wanting to wanting to be i guess more politically correct i would say i I would like to think that they that they make these changes out of the goodness of their heart and that they they believe in Black Lives Matter and they believe in positive portrayal of people of color. But as they're a business, I believe that they just are making this decision based on a business standpoint. But the ride will be rethemed. Splash Mountain will be rethemed as Princess and the Frog. And it's actually going to be pretty cheap for them to do because it already the ride already takes place in like a swamp in like a bayou type area there's alligators there's frogs there's there's animals that you would find on a plantation or in the swamp and that fits for the princess and the frog world not to mention my daughter loves tiana she would love nothing more than to ride a ride that has tiana in it from princess and the frog so i think it's good I, you know, I've ridden this ride enough times. I know there's huge Disney World, Disneyland fans who are completely upset that this is happening. And I know that there's other ones that think it's about time for a change. So um, I look forward to it. I've ridden this ride enough times that I, I, I kind of look forward to something new. And I look forward to seeing my daughter's face light up when she sees Tiana in this ride. Now, they're not going to change the ride mechanics. It will still have that big drop at the end. So that'll still be there. Yeah, I think you're going to see a lot more of this kind of stuff. I'm, I'm surprised that they're they're doing it already. Um, it's kind of interesting that they, they're, was, they're really, they're really starting from the little for renovations things already, all the way. So it just, yeah, I, it's smart. It was just good timing. I think yeah, it just, just worked out that way, but um, yeah, speaking good of good business, Jay, next news story. All right, Jay, there's a lot of rumors coming out uh, in regards to Disney and Star Wars and Kathleen Kennedy stepping down and when her contract is up in a year and a, a big, rumor has been flying around and that one of the biggest perpetuators of this rumor is a guy by the name of doomcock and i'm not sure what doomcock mm. means you know i know that he's a youtube provider i know that he does things on rumors and leaks and stuff for movies but like is his cock doomed or is his cock the doom of others? I'm unsure what doom cock stands for. But is he bringing is he br- the yeah, doom? Right. Uh, like like the the rock doom movie, or like the the yeah, awesome I'm trying to video think. Is game? It like doom. is it like a is it like a thunderous doom? Like like really? I'm not sure. But if you watch his videos, uh, he looks like a Power Ranger villain just kind of spouting movie rumors and news to you. Anyway, his big rumor is that they are currently over at Disney and Lucasfilm working on phasing the sequel trilogy out and making that non-canon by using a loophole that exists in Rebels. I believe it's season four. Uh, I believe it's called A World Between Worlds, where Ezra goes into a portal that is at a Sith temple and goes, or at a Jedi temple, and goes into a arthurial plane that allows him to see different moments in time and change the past and present. And he could possibly, using this, undo everything that 
existed in the prequel trilogy, making them stand alone in their own universe and not in the universe that we know of Star Wars. And that is apparently the big rumor. And a lot of people are picking this up and running with it. And I've seen some people running with this as fact. I've seen others just re-reporting this as a rumor. Doomcock does have... God, I can't believe I'm saying Doomcock as like this is a legit person bringing me news. <laughs> but Doomcock has had some success um, with some of his rumors and leaks. He was one of the first people to come out with the Rise of Skywalker leaks that all turned out to be true. They, he, they were 99% right on all those early rumors that, uh, of, of plot leaks and stuff from the film. And uh, he was also one of the first to know that there was a problem between Disney and Brie Larson in regards to the Captain Marvel film and that there were some problems on set and everything like that. So he has been right, but squirrels, you know, bury all their nuts and they actually usually only find 50% of them. So what I'm saying is Doomcock picks up on these rumors. He claims to have somebody in the Lucasfilm camp who can confirm this. Uh, obviously they, they can't give it, but like, who is this person? Is this person the guy who served J.J. Abrams a sandwich yeah. once, or is he the guy that's cleaning up the, I, the the mountains of diarrhea from people who are who are doing high colonics? Like, like who is this person who risked their job at Lucasfilm he, he to needs, tell Doomcock? He, need, he needs to have a <laughs> who conversation is this person with at us. Lucasfilm yeah. who risked their job to tell Doomcock these <laughs> these confirmed rumors? <laughs> yeah, but I here here's what here's the reason we're talking about this. Me and Jay don't believe these rumors, and we don't want you to believe these rumors either, because it is absolutely ridiculous for you to think that Disney would completely undo the past five years of their films in the sequel trilogy. Not only, I look, I understand that the sequel trilogy has its problems. I am someone who has problems with the sequel trilogy. I just rewatched them this past weekend. I, I, I don't love The Force Awakens. I like it. I think it's got a lot of good in it, but I don't love it, right? And in the same way, I love Rogue One, you know, or in the same way that I'm growing on Solo. I actually really like Solo now. You know, I, I do truly love The Last Jedi. You can throw all your hate at me that you want. I love The Last Jedi because even though it was, again, a lot of the same story beats that were in Empire Strikes Back, at least it tried to introduce some new concepts and take Star Wars into a new direction, which ultimately got completely undone by the rise of Skywalker, which it's just a botched plastic surgery from the get go. They were trying to fix problems oh, that, yeah. instead of, you know, I, I picture the rise of Skywalker. You know how they tell you, like when you're hydroplaning in a car, you should actually turn in to the spin rather than turn out of it. Cause you'll just keep spinning. If you turn out of it, like that's what Disney did. They, they should have turned in, but they turned out. Instead of instead of running with what they did in the Last Jedi and kind of bringing those concepts to fruition and 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 maybe bringing it about in a way that people could have enjoyed, they instead were like, oh no 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 no, we gotta redo everything and the botched plastic surgery that is that that is Rise of Skywalker is is what came out. Now fans are so upset, and Disney knows this. Disney does know that fans are upset. They know that they're upset with it. Oh, of course, they're not morons. No, and and they. They watch the social medias. They, they 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 hear the buzz. They know what's going on. But to think that they would negate those three movies and make them exist outside of the main storyline is absolutely ridiculous. First off, you then alienate the people who who did like those films because number one, the loud the the people who who, who are expressing their displeasure 
are a vocal minority, a very loud vocal minority. And I think ultimately the money that those movies made and when you speak to casual Star Wars fans and I don't throw that name casual around as if like it's meant to be to be derogatory towards anybody. There's fans of Star Wars. If you like Star Wars, you're a fan of Star Wars, but it's the hardcore fans that are the loudest ones, but they probably make up 10 to 20 percent of the fan base. So by you negating those, you're alienating more than likely the majority of your fan base. You're also then basically saying that every story you've told for the past five years doesn't matter. All those books and comic books we told in this universe, they don't matter either. By the way, your kids who love Ray, Finn, Poe, Dio, BB-8, they don't matter either. That's that's my daughter. She's included in that as that as that fan who loves BB-8. That doesn't matter either. And to me, that's absolutely ridiculous that they would do that to their fan base. Not to mention, let's talk about it from a business aspect. They still want to sell toys. They still want to sell comics, books that could take place in that you know, in in and around that time because that makes them money. That makes them more money than the film itself. So it doesn't matter whether you like it or not. They would rather put more stories out in comics and books that will fix those issues and sell them to you. Yeah. Now you're buying your story twice. <laughs> they would rather do that than completely negate it because marketing is uh, merchandising. Merchandising. Sure. It's, merchandising. It's, That's where the true dollars in the movies are made. <laughs> it's better business. And it to just, be honest, it, just just grow a pair and just own it. You know, you just have to exactly. own it. You now, fucked up. You just got to own it. Not and that's to mention, it. Jay, I don't, I don't know if you know this, but I've been to a theme park that is completely themed around the sequel trilogy. It's, it's Yeah, we talked about that, what, in February or something like that? It was... Um, that cost millions of dollars. And mm, that, there's two of them. Big time. They exist on multiple coasts, and they probably will build another one overseas at some mm-hmm. point. Not to mention, they're currently working on a hotel that is Star Wars themed that wow. connects right to Galaxy's Edge. So that will also I probably... I know e- you're going to be staying there one day. Oh, dude. It's, it's like $2,500 <laughs> a night. I don't think so. A night? Oh, yeah. <gasps> Yeah, oh, yeah it's gonna be a lot of money. But anyway, it, like they, they, so much of of their branding for Star Wars since Disney took over in their merchandising and in their fan experiences is built around these uh, these sequel the, the sequel trilogy. It's ridiculous to think that Disney would say no to that money and just let it all go. What is likely to happen is that yes, Kathleen Kennedy more than likely will step down or not have her contract renewed at the end of the year 2021 i, I think she will stay i think she, she's just going to have a minimal role i think going so forward too. she's just going to have like an executive producer credit and that's i think it's it. very likely that either kevin feige will run both mcu and star wars i think that that's putting a little bit too much on one person's shoulders or that dave filoni who is the creator behind Clone Wars and Rebels and uh, is an executive producer on The Mandalorian and is also working on his own TV universe that will be existing on Disney Plus with the Ahsoka Tano series, uh, a sequel series to Rebels, uh, supposedly uh, a clone, another clone series that will follow clones throughout the Clone Wars more so than the Clone Wars series that we got. There's like all these series that are being greenlit. Now, those series that are being made by Dave Filoni will, will exist in the Star Wars universe, but they won't have as much to do with, say, the Mandalorian or the Obi-Wan series or the Cassian Andor series. He will be kind of creating his own 
pocket of the universe. So it's possible that Dave Filoni could take over for Kathleen Kennedy. He was someone who was handpicked by George Lucas to take over when George Lucas was ready to step down before he sold Star Wars or the big fanboy choice, John Favreau is, mm. is who everyone wants to take over. I'm not sold that John Favreau would actually do it. I think John Favreau likes making films. I think he likes I think he likes what he's doing with the Mandalorian. I don't I think, think he wants a, to make Star Wars. I think Wars he's his a life. little bit more singular of a man. Like, exactly. I don't think he wants to bite this big of a pie. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying it's more than likely that he would prefer to maybe do another yeah. couple seasons of Mandalorian and then kind of go off and do his own thing from there on. But dump trucks full of money change a lot of people's minds. Now, moving forward with the movies, I think it's also more likely that instead of canceling or you know making non-canon out of the prequel, out of the sequel trilogy, that they're going to spend the next decade mostly ignoring those stories, not really bringing them up at all. Maybe a wink and a nod here and there, but more than likely the films they're going to be making will take place during, before, or after the original trilogy. So like yeah. just around that time frame. I mean, we, we're getting- They're just going to move on from this trilogy exactly. and just start something fresh. Exactly. Yeah. But, it's a shame. It's a but shame. They're, but They're not going to negate it. They're not going to make it non-canonical. That's absolutely ridiculous to think that they would do that. So in the end, like it, it's just more likely that they would ignore that stuff, give fans what they want, stuff that takes place in and around the OG trilogy. They now know fans like Rogue One fans like the Mandalorian they know what their what their fans are looking for now they know what's making people happy they they, they didn't have a singular vision with the sequel trilogy but they get it now they do get that people want these things to kind of tie together but they also want them to tell fantastic standalone stories in a way it's kind of good that this happened because it means we will get better Star Wars content going forward and mm -hmm. I do 100% think that but I think you're a fool if you think Disney has ever done anything that wasn't for the bottom dollar. And listening to fans and getting rid of the sequel trilogy from canon doesn't make business sense whatsoever. I mean, it's Disney. It's not Warner Brothers. We're not getting a Snyder cut here. <laughs> it's just not happening. <laughs> I agree. It's true. It's just not, and, it's and, just not and nor to be honest, nor do I want one, and no. nor do I nor 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 do I think they they could even fix that movie with another twenty million dollars. I don't think I don't think you can fix those movies. Well, the the big difference is Jay with those is one is while Justice League was the culmination of a bunch of movies and cost a ton of money and lost Warner Brothers a ton of money. Um, ultimately, it's not that much money when you're Warner Brothers. You know, when you're a big studio, it is what it is. Now, by making fans happy, they only serve to help themselves by making fans happy. Disney's in a different situation where it's an entire universe or at least an entire part of a universe that they would be wiping out of existence and you can't make all those fans yeah. happy. It's just impossible. You just can't well, do right. it. Well, right. And those actors are done. And and with DC, you well, know, Cavill wants to stay playing Superman exactly. for films to come. And we got Ezra Miller still playing The Flash coming up. And, you know, right. Batman's gone, but Wonder Woman's still around. She still has her movie coming out. And, you know, so it's, it, it is in their best interest to keep this um, not just alive and around, but, it, you know, trying to improve upon right. a, a failed attempt from, now, if, from, if, from, from circumstances that they had no control over, right? Now, it was just Mr. a bad, bad if, issue. 
if Mr. Doomcock's theory turns oh, out to man. be correct, I'll eat my crow. But I don't like seeing these rumors perpetuated because I think they, A, add to the venomous nature that can be fandom, which it's my least favorite aspect of being a fan of anything, is just the visceral hate that it can bring out of people when someone disagrees with their opinion on something. Uh, and It's I, like I, politics, you and, know? Right. I think it feeds I think it feeds into it in a negative manner and I just want all fans to feel included. You know, I, I that's that's the point of being a fan of something that someone else is a fan of. You feel like you're part of a club, but now, yeah, now you're you part have of conversations. Right. Yeah, that's but now what it's you're all part about. of the Star Wars club and there's factions of it. There's the people who who want solo two to happen, and there's the people who hate solo. There's the people who hate the sequel trilogy, there's the people that like the sequel trilogy, there's the people that love The Last Jedi but mm-hmm. hate everything else. Then there's the people like you know, it, it becomes I'm gonna these check out factions. solo again. I, I'm due for that as well. It it, it it, it really does fandom a disservice when you do that. And I'd like right, to think that right. geek cultures come a long way to ruling <laughs> our entertainment now that I would like to see people to be more included. So that's what I don't like about these rumors. Not to mention they're stupid. If you just thought for just a second, they it only serves to lose them money by doing that. And they would never do that. It just doesn't make good business sense. That's And that's what making movies is all about. That's going to do it for our discussion on this. I know that it was long-winded, but it's something that like... It, it my, not only did my brother send me this news story, I had several other people send me this news story. It needed and, to be addressed, especially right. by you. And there was two people... There was two people, I'm going to leave them nameless, who reached out to me. They thought that this was absolute fact. My brother was not one of them. Um, I pointed out to him that the first lines in this article that he sent me were rumor. And he was like, oh, yeah. He's like, I didn't read that. He actually thought it was from a different publication when he sent it to me. Um, He thought it was from a reputable one. Then he saw where it actually came from, and it's not reputable. Uh, But I've had several people reach out to me as if this was cold, hard fact, and it's just not. This is just not fact. This is not what's what's happening. Nothing, none of this is confirmed. And whoever that inside man is, who is feeding Mister Doomcock, <laughs> or Doomcock's, Shame. or Doomcock's feeding him, uh, it th- that's either not a real person or that is a person who's very low on the totem pole and is being fed bad misinformation. Not to mention, we've talked about this before, Jay. That studios often purposefully leak rumors fake rumors oh, of course to yeah. see reactions to it yeah yeah that's it for this discussion reach out to us on social media um I, i'm on twitter at super movie pod jay is on facebook super movie bros podcast over there or you can reach out to him on instagram super movie bros uh over there and let us know what you think of this rumor whether this is something you would like whether you would like to see them get rid of that trilogy completely or whether you think it's just absolute crazy doom cock poppycock does that make sense doom mm-hmm. cocky pock look just doom cock's a dumb name terrible this week super movie bros is brought to you by manscaped manscaped is the safest mm. and most efficient way for you to make sure that your balls look pretty for once let's face it the male genitalia is not a good-looking piece of human anatomy. No. It could stand with some sprucing up. So if you look down at your man jungle and you decide maybe you want to take a machete to that, then the safest way is to get the Manscaped lawnmower. It's got anti-cut technology. It's water-resistant, and its battery can last up to three hours, which is kind of ridiculous. If you're hairy like me, you got the Robin Williams-esque hair bush, like full body bush, then uh, you're definitely going to want to check out the lawnmower. And 
if you got the booger bristles like Jay and myself has. As we get older, the nose hairs, the ear hairs, they just continue growing. You can pick up the Manscaped Weed Whacker to take care of that stuff. Same anti-cut technology, water resistant, as well as a slew of other products, including ball deodorant, ball cologne, and just all manner of products to spruce up your area. Absolutely, Dave. I used it today. I got a date tomorrow, man. I got. A, I needed a, a, a full-on body sprucing. And I'm talking, man. I, I mean, I might be getting lucky tomorrow. I got to make sure I'm looking okay. I'm feeling okay. I'm feeling comfortable and not all clammy and sweaty and and, and Harry for the girl. I mean, it's summertime now. Come on. Use our promo code SMBSHAVE at checkout to get 20% off your order and free shipping. Head over to manscaped.com and use our promo code SMBSHAVE. Shave your balls and wash your ass for a better sex life. Jay, I'm going to do a synopsis for 7500 or 7500. Whatever it is. This, this, Technically. Uh, this <laughs> J- <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt uh, movie that he stars in on Amazon Prime. So he is an American pilot flying for a European airline based out of Germany already. Sounds like it's not going to be a good day for him. You know, I hear most Europeans don't like Americans. Yeah. <laughs> Where's Liam Neeson to save today? Come on. Save our boy. I know. I know. But anyway, um, the the plane does get uh, taken over by terrorists. And he winds up uh, kind of, I don't want to say forming a relationship, because that's actually in the synopsis on, on Amazon Prime that he forms a relationship with one of the terrorists. But that's... No, I don't like that at all. That's not the case. No. He he does come face to face with one of them and spends a, a good portion of the movie with one of them and we kind of get to to know both of them yeah. a little bit. This is tricky to explain guys because it you really know is. It, it's there's there's a lot of spoilers and obviously, you know, as you can tell, this is a very taut film where I think you understand exactly what this movie is. So obviously, we don't want to give away all those little uh twists and turns throughout. It's, 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 you know, go ahead, go ahead, Dave. Let me finish out that, finish out your synopsis and we'll get into it. So it's 93 minutes. It's, it's a single location film. It all takes place in the cockpit of this plane. And I, I, it's an absolutely tense ride. Mm -hmm. It is so tense, but I have a few problems with it and me and Jay are going to get into it. So Jay, I just talked a whole bunch about Star Wars for like a long time. And I need a drink. I got cotton mouth. So why don't you take the reins on this one for a few minutes? Yeah, sure. Well, yeah. While we were you, you, you were talking away, I was, uh, I, I was actually mixing it up tonight and having water and wine. <laughs> um, yeah. So this one was a surprise. This is an Amazon original, and I think from the trailer and the poster, it just kind of comes across as being something a little. I don't want to say cheap and easy. But it just seemed to be a little bit peculiar why they were going to produce something like this. Little do we have it, this was the first time writer and director, filmmaker Patrick Volrath, and he really proved his talents, I think, 
overall as a filmmaker what he can do with such a small budget and working within the confines of a cockpit pretty much throughout the whole picture and it is it's very bleak and dark and realistic and you know joseph gordon lovett really does one hell of a job portraying so much with what's going on within inside of his own head without actually verbalizing it because he does have to stay um you know professional and 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 strong to 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 make sure that he is protecting the 90 lives that are in you know the innocent lives that he's traveling and transporting to paris so right. you know they're one trying of the things one of the things i love uh, th- this is getting into this and the is backstory that right you know it's, the it's a late backstory. night it's a late night flight mm-hmm. from berlin to paris i actually while watching the movie looked up how long that flight is would you like to know how long the flight is jay i would think hour and 20 minutes 90 minutes wow yeah i knew it was i knew it was quick i knew it was going to be quick yeah yeah, run runtime of the movie practically. So, I like that this is all happening in real time, mm-hmm. which really adds to that single location aspect of the film. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was not the first actor that was going to be playing this role. It was going to be Paul Dano, mm. which I think Paul Dano probably would have sold those moments of dread probably a little bit more than Joseph Gordon-Levitt. However, when it comes to moments of physicalness of fighting off terrorists and stuff like that i kind of buy yeah jgl more than i would buy paul dano yeah and a couple emotional um reaction shots i think from story twists right i think jgl would sold a little bit better than paul dano would yeah yeah for sure and and uh the the director was actually just completely geeked he was stoked when jgl uh took up the role and was just like he is one of the most dynamic actors working today uh so he was he was extremely excited and i like seeing him here because i think that this was i i don't think jgl like blew it out of the water i i'm gonna put that more so on the script more so than jgl himself um because there's not a whole lot for him to work with here but his facial expressions were fantastic throughout the film. It, it, so it so was much an of this actor's was eyes. workshop. Yeah, it was. He had, a, he had to do a lot with with just his face. You know, he really, really did. Now, the name of the film, seventy five hundred. Uh, I originally thought that it was the the flight number, which right. they never say through in the movie. Uh, however, it is actually the supposed squawk code that pilots use during a hijacking to let someone know over the radio that they are being hijacked discreetly enough yes yeah so to not so that's that's where the name comes from and let people know and that's um, one of the things i really liked was like there was clearly an attention to detail in the script for how pilots act and mm-hmm. how 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 their job works going through pre you know going through presets and stuff like that going through conditions yeah it was like a first person <laughs> point of view of, of it really was what was going to happen if you were a pilot um piloting and then all of a sudden if your plane actually got hijacked or, or temporarily hijacked yeah only a pilot could watch this and pick apart the inconsistencies as a as an sure. average audience member watching it this all feels real but again this was surprising for me because this was better than i expected you it know, was it really and was now it did, it did the pacing at times had some minor issues from here and there but I think overall, you know, I, I was I was enthralled throughout the whole time I watched this movie. 
first things first, I wasn't sold on these terrorists, right? I was never actually given a motivation for these terrorists. I know that they they have like this speech that they give at one point for why they're taking over the plane and, and their plans for what they're going to do to the plane and why they're doing it. It was just stuff like classic that. good old Muslim terrorists. That's all it was. Right, right. I uh, they, they, they gave us what I thought was going to be an extremely interesting uh character the 18 year old the 18 year old kid um who was with the terrorists and stuff like that i thought that that was gonna that that was gonna develop a little bit more i thought that there was going to be something it but really he just wound up being a a a screaming lunatic which is fine because because that's believable for the type of stress that you'd be under at that the time. The writing when for his role, I thought, was the weakest because it yo-yos it too much. It yo-yos a lot. Um, Way too much. However, I feel like that is a realistic reaction to the situation, but a realistic reaction doesn't always necessarily make for good filmmaking. Um, true, true. There's also a moment, and I don't want to say really what happens, but the, the hijackers are killing passengers, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character of Tobias watches someone that he actually knows personally get killed um he he has a moment to react to that death and then it's really not addressed until the end of the film again it's as if like um to me at at least at least from my aspect if it was someone that i knew as closely as he knew this person who was killed it it probably would have wrecked me for I'm not sure if I would have been able to hold it together. Now, I understand that that's the whole point of like his character and stuff. I just felt like there wasn't enough reverence paid to that death, and it wasn't believable that he wasn't more affected. Yeah, I by disagree. It. I think he did a great job with it. I really do. I really do. I, I completely it disagree. It bothered me. No, no, I, I disagree. I think they played it out perfectly. Um, I thought his reaction was 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 pretty spot on, and then from then on, he was busy <laughs> i mean he was he was sidetracked with 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 a whole bunch of other stuff going on and and you know you, you couldn't you know he he is still emotional he is he's still injured he's going through trying to figure out how to how to handle Jake, the situation maybe i'm just maybe i'm just selfish um but i would have opened that door and i would have bashed every one of their fucking skulls in i probably would have died i would have died in the process that's why he was a better pilot because <laughs> he, he, <laughs> he saved 90 he, people he saved 90 people I would have been like, fuck protocol, open this door. I've been taking that fire again, extinguisher. And, and, I would have- and, and there's literally no point. And 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 then he knows that there was no point in doing that. Oh no, he would have lost. He would have been overpowered. Hundred percent. Well and he was and you would he have killed everybody right. on the plane. He was completely right in his decision. Hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. Not saying that. Just saying I felt like he was given thirty <laughs> seconds to process it and then we moved I, on. I, and I I thought it worked. It's an impossible thing for me to actually comment on because never being in a situation like that. I know, I know. It, it's hard. I can't say how how I would react or what is a believable reaction to it. But you do hear stories about people who who have something like that happen to them that is incredibly uh, soul crushing and stressful, and they move on because of the adrenaline but also because that they have a task and a duty and stuff like that right. and their time for mourning comes after it's all over so yeah i i, I understand that just for me it just felt like he, we got 30 seconds it, for him to process you. that and, emotion and in a it way does. that's 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 good you know the movie was able to do that to you and, get, and give you that kind of emotional reaction 
Um, you know, this movie was just tense. That's what it comes down to. From the second it gets taken over, because I feel like I haven't seen anything like this in in quite some time. Um, you know, it's not a perfect movie. You know, and and but at the same time, I think it's worth a watch, especially if you have Amazon Prime. I mean, this is definitely something I think Dave and I both would recommend, uh, without a doubt. And and to be, um, a, a very unique. Amazon original film to come out of out of the blue essentially. <laughs> I think it is. I, I you know I I think I would like to see more things like this. Obviously nothing like yeah. not another plane hijacking or anything like that. But sure, like sure. I would like to see smaller single location stories like this with a with a decent cast and first time filmmaker and stuff. I I would like to see Amazon take more of these risks and kind of put this stuff out. I mean, when I say risk, <laughs> I guess there's really no risk involved. Amazon's literally one of the biggest companies in the world and it just made a movie for a couple million. Right. It's and- <laughs> a, it's a lot more affordable than Netflix putting out these 200 million dollar series is that that suck you know and i enjoy it yeah and i enjoy it a whole lot more um so jay i mean what's your score for it you got a score for for 7500 oh boy um i actually didn't really even think about a score yet but uh i'll give you mine yeah how about you start mine's a b plus okay okay um I'm gonna go with a B. Yeah, I mean, I think I think both of those are. I mean, it's they're very close to each other. There was just moments towards like the end where I was literally calling, like what was happening. You know, like there's a moment where like they're on the tarmac and the window opens, and that's the exact moment I looked at my wife and I was just like, I was like, well, they just opened a bulletproof glass. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, you kind of know what's happening at that point. Uh, but it, it does a great job of like setting that stuff up, but not coming back to it until until the moment is right. Um, it was it was just a very I, I wasn't crazy about those final let's say fifteen minutes though of the film. Yeah, I know. I really, that, it, I was really, one, it was one of the weaker parts of the film. For I sure. really thought I that agree. that's where it dragged. I, I thought agree. that that's where it dragged. And that, uh, that's, a little that's bit. mainly where I mean by when it when it was dragging. Um, th- that was it. <laughs> Three, four, Rushing or dragging? Rushing. So you do know the difference. Oh, it's dragging. <laughs> <laughs> and also, it just shined more of a light of the poor writing for the eighteen-year-old's character. Um, you know that I thought, you know, absolutely. It, you know, it, it tried. I understand the, the the emotional yo-yos that he was going through, but it, it didn't. It just didn't work. It, it, not for it's, me. Um, it's a hundred percent worth your time. I. I don't know if this is like a Saturday night movie watch though. Uh, no, you know, this I is more this of is like a, a, if you guys have some like, like a random free night and you yeah, got exactly. it, it, like, the, look guys, this is like a 90 minute movie. This is yeah, like a perfect throw on. What I'm saying is you're going to be not, enthralled. It's not like something you plan your night around. No, you know no, I mean? no. Like, you're not, you're not going to get, you're not going to get some ass after watching this. You're, you're, it's not that kind of movie. This is a movie no. you just throw on really quick before, um, before you go to bed. And that's that, you know, and, and absolutely. It's worth I will say watch. this. It made me want to watch United ninety three again because I haven't seen that movie probably since it came out. Yeah, I'm good. Um, no, I'm good. I'm good on this. <laughs> I'm good on. I, I I mean, I saw that movie and it it was um it was solid. It was well done. I just you know I I, I don't I don't need I don't I, I really don't want to see more of these kind of movies. I'm not flying anywhere for a while, really so like don't. I could make like a whole I can make like a whole week of this, man. Yeah. yeah I just watch 7,500. Uh, I could watch United 93. I could watch uh, a Passenger 57. I could watch Clear. Uh, <laughs> I could watch uh, Air Force One. 
executive decision. You know, if it takes place on an airplane, flight of the dead. Snakes on a plane. <laughs> I have had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. Snakes on a plane. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> there, we go. there we go, Jay. Why isn't that our top five? Top five movies that take place on a plane. Why aren't we watching Airplane? Why aren't we discussing Airplane more? Airplane's one of the I, best films ever made. Oh, my God. I, you would you would have to give me like a month of prep for that category, that top five. <laughs> top five movies that take place on a plane. I would need a How month. We miss I, would, I would need a month of prep. I would. Well, here you're on notice because that's going to be a Patreon episode. <laughs> top five movies that take place All on right, a plane. Give me some time. Yeah. <laughs> So sign up for our Patreon if you want to hear our top five. (laughs) Ah, you fucking shameless shill. So that's going to do it for Super Movie Brothers this week. Uh, If you're enjoying the show, please consider leaving us a five-star review on the uh, podcast listening app of your choice. A lot of people don't know this, but um, I was just telling Jay today, I was like, we always like push the iTunes. We push the Podbean app, which is our host and stuff like that. But we're actually on Spotify. We're on iHeartRadio. We're on like anywhere that you can listen to podcasts. Because I had someone reach out to me today and they were like, oh, well, I would listen to your show. Um, but because we, we were talking a conversation, I, I mentioned like an episode that we did. I was like, oh, we did this episode. It's episode number, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, I would listen to your show, but I only listen to shows that are on Spotify. And I was like, well, guess what? fucker we're on spotify and yeah. he was like oh okay and i was like nah you don't really have to listen to us don't worry about it who cares <laughs> but you can listen to us on those apps as well if you're really enjoying the show uh you can also join our patreon for just one dollar a month you can get all the additional content that is available over there i believe uh it's over like oh, yeah. 30 episodes close to now sure and, and if you donate more there. you get to be more involved and, and pick and choose what you would uh one from the loot chest and also get involved with the uh the creativity of the episodes absolutely and potentially uh be a guest so uh click on the link in the description because you can join our patreon to get more super movie bros content and if you would like to comment on the show or uh you were watching anything interesting this past week and you think that we should probably check it out and talk about it on the show you can reach out to us on social media i'm on twitter at super movie pod i am also on twitter j underscore smb facebook super movie bros podcast and on instagram super movie bros and if you find jay on bumble you can get some of his d pics so i want to thank everybody for listening have a great one (laughs) cheers cheers it's actually hinge (laughs) 